What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I am your co-host, Devin Jackson, joined by my other co-host, Nick Price. Uh, we don't have Mike again today. He's working. Uh, so uh, it's just going to be me and Nick today, uh, just like we were on the live show on Friday. Uh, but first, before we get into anything, uh, how you doing today, Nick? I'm not doing too bad. Uh, as I told Devin before the uh, podcast started recording, I just bought a new keyboard that's really clicky and shit. So I don't know if I can pick up, but it's fun. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I could pick it up. I could it picked up here on my end. So, but yeah, new keyboards are always, uh, I think, aesthetically pleasing. Uh, because I mean, you know, if you have an older one, you know, the keys kind of stick together and you know, it kind of get you know, just just have that old sounding sound. So, I'm I'm sure you're having a good time, uh, you know, testing it out thus far. And it's much smaller than my old one. So, I like that. That helps too. Gives you some room uh, on your desk, and, and you can now actually have stuff on there with it. So, right uh, for my job, uh, I usually had a big clunky keyboard, so it would get annoying sometimes. Uh, you know, trying to navigate because I used to have kind of that dual screen where I could plug in and, and plug into my monitor. So the keyboard was kind of annoying. Uh, because I have my laptop already and the keyboard was kind of like overkill at that point. Right. But, uh, but yeah, that I definitely get it. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely helpful to have a, a smaller keyboard. Um, but I was thinking before, um, usually we talk about prospects and, and prospects that we watched, uh, over the last week or last couple of days or so, uh, I figure since we have NFL training camp, most of the teams, uh, report this upcoming week, if they haven't already, figure we each talk a little bit about our teams and, and what we're looking forward to most uh, going into training camp. So I'll start with you, Nick. Uh, obviously, you're a Baltimore Ravens fan. Uh, what are you looking forward to most uh, or most seeing, uh, like, video-wise uh, from Ravens practices? Um, Not that, like, you know, practices is, like, you know, the most important thing. I mean, it is, but it, it isn't for, you know, you can't base an entire season just off training camp. Um, but I, I am excited to see uh, uh, how the Ravens' first-round rookies uh, fare in training camp. Obviously, uh, from what I, I've been able to determine, that uh, Rashad Bateman, who they took, I think, with the 27th pick, as on as on really showing off in like a rookie minicamp, so that's kind of fun. Um, he's he's someone I'm I'm very excited to see because it seems Baltimore actually is trying to have like a, an actual true number one receiver that isn't you know. Hollywood Brown or some rando they picked up off the street. So um, that's fun. And uh, obviously Adafi Away or, or Jason Away, as I'm sure most of you are, know him as, uh, the pass rusher out of Penn State. You know, his development is something I, I'm really excited to see. Um, you know, he's really the definition of that boom or bust prospect where he could be you know, the next great super athletic, you know, pass rusher in the NFL who's getting like, you know, 10 sacks a year or he could flame out in like two and I'd, I'd much rather have the former be, be the uh, case than the than the latter but yeah other than that like I mean I I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how this offensive line comes together I mean Ronnie Stanley's coming back from injury they're moving Bradley Bozeman to center uh villain the way was probably gonna play right tackle so I'm kind of ex- excited to see how he transitions from left to right and then uh Obviously, Ben Cleveland, another rookie. I'm kind of excited to see. I want to see what what he looks like in his uh, his reps playing left guard, and see kind of how that how it all you know 
pans out in the end. So, Devin, what about your Saints? Ah, uh, they can't stay out of the news. Um, <laughs> that that's kind of my takeaway. Uh, every other day, it's something with this team. Uh, but uh, obviously, I'm looking forward to seeing which receivers step up. Uh, not going to have Michael Thomas probably at least the first month or two of the season because uh, he he just got surgery. Um, so that's kind of a big blow for whoever wins quarterback. And obviously that's going to be a big battle. Um, I think Jameis Winston will win the job. I'm not completely sure, though. Uh, so I, I'm not the person to ask who I think will get the job or I think has the edge because I don't know at this point. I have no clue because we thought last year that Jameis would get the reps if Drew Brees went down, but that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And Obviously, Drew, I mean, not Drew, but Sean Payne still has belief that Taysom can be a quarterback in the NFL and be a, a potential franchise quarterback. I I don't see it. I'm, I'm not holding I mean, my breath. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I, I just hope they don't make the wrong decision here and, and decide to go with him anyway, even though I don't think he has nearly upside as a passer as Seamus Winston. But uh, the Saints also just signed Brian Poole today, uh, according to Josina Anderson. Uh, that's going to be very crucial, I think, uh, for the Saints secondary. I mean, we have Marshawn Lattimore, but we're waiting to see if he's going to get suspended any games because of his uh, arrest from over the summer when he was back right. home in Cleveland. Plus, uh, you got uh, Paulson Adebo, um, who... You know, I, I don't hate, but I don't I don't I'm not the highest on him. You know, I, I think he yeah. has the physical traits he look for. I don't know if the game field matches that. I think his hips are, are a little a little stiff, uh, which isn't going to be great playing NFC South. I mean, you, you're going to have dynamic weapons all over the field for each team, especially against Tampa, Carolina. Uh, Atlanta still has some pretty good weapons as well. So I'm kind of worried about that. And then, you know, the, the kind of the depth is very young. I mean, outside like Patrick Roberts, Robinson, it's pretty young and, and pretty inexperienced. I mean, they got like Grant Haley in there, uh, PJ Williams, who isn't necessarily a reliable uh, outside corner. I saw, yeah, CJ Gardner Johnson, who I think is still, uh, you know, one of their best defenders on, on the field, but I don't know if he's going to be outside, if he's going to stick in as a nickel or what he's going to do. So a lot of question marks in secondary defensive tackle as well. Uh, Dave Ayamata has gone for six games. So you really got shy Tuttle and that's really it. Um, But I am excited to see some of the Saints early round draft picks. Uh, I want to see how Peyton Turner uh, definitely emerges and and see if he can uh, push Marcus Davenport for the starting edge position or defensive end position, I should say, uh, in the Saints defense. So that battle will be interesting. Um, I don't I don't think personally he's going to be able to edge him out uh, just because Davenport has experience and, and he still shows flashes. But I think Turner is definitely going to be in the rotation uh, from week one and on, probably primarily use him maybe for third down occasions and bring him in for different packages. The Saints can get creative with what they, what they can run now that, you know, they kind of have Dave Ayamata missing. So you may see Turner, maybe he gets some snaps in the interior. Maybe he gets some snaps defensive end, maybe split some time there uh, to help the Saints out uh, kind of kind of on their defensive line. And then uh, I want to see how Pete Warner fares. Uh, I know. <laughs> it, it, Mike's I'm just, favorite player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just laughing because we, we literally had this debate 
uh, yesterday. It went, matter of fact, we'll talk about it at the end of the show. Um, but I'm interested to see how he fares. He's a, he was a really good college linebacker, a pretty good tackler too uh, at Ohio State. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get that starting position alongside uh, Zach Bond, who's entering his second year uh, from Wisconsin. So I'm interested to see how those things goes. Uh, obviously, the quarterback situation, but those are kind of my biggest things I'm looking forward to. Uh, but yeah, like I said, hopefully uh, those early round rookies can pan out. Um, worried about the depth of the, the receiver position because either Traquan Smith or Mar- Marquez Callaway are going to step up and be that uh, number one receiver with Michael Thomas gone. But uh, we'll see what happens. Interested, interested, interested to see how things shake up, especially with the quarterback battle. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, when you were going over that, I almost wanted to make an Ian Book joke because I have like Notre Dame fans at my day job, <laughs> like saying that, that that Books could get the starting job because he won X amount of games in college. And I like, I, I don't want to be mean, but at the same time, I'm sitting there thinking like, I don't know about that one, man. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> but yeah, hey, you know. he's he's not. Uh, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. I just gotta take a deep breath because I just the fact that we took him in the fourth round was just it was too much to bear, man. I just can't Definitely. believe I just can't believe they they did that. And then it's like, you know, you have a quarterback battle going on right now, and you're like, yeah, let's let's throw let's throw a early day three pick on Ian Book, not even like a late round flyer, six seventh round pick. He said oh. go go all in in the fourth round on him. I was just you got to be kidding me, you know? Yeah. And I was making fun of other teams because I'm like, oh, yeah, watch them pick Ian Book in round four or five. But, yeah, it was my dumbass team that did it. So <laughs> I don't want to say it, but you kind of brought that evil on yourself, Devin. I did. <laughs> I did. I, I shouldn't have been making jokes. Then again, Baltimore drafted Ben Mason as a late-round pick, and they already have Pat Ricard and like to play fullback. I, you know what? I think – I, I, I don't get – I think the payback is because I told I, I told Mike, I hope that the Eagles select Pete Werner. And then they did for <laughs> my team. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm happy. But then they, they made the Ian Book pick. So, Well, well then the Eagles also select Milton Williams, and Mike was like staunchly anti-Milton yes. Williams. Yes. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> I, guess that, I guess that balances itself out. I don't, I don't know. I guess, man. I I don't know. But anyway, uh, we're going to move on to some prospects that uh, we've taken a look at over uh, the last week or so that we may not have mentioned on the live show or whatnot. I know you've been watching interior offensive linemen, Nick, so uh, I know you're thrilled to get to them. But uh, I'm going to go first on, on this one. Probably one of my favorite players from what, that I've watched in this entire draft process uh, of 2022 was Calvin Turner Jr., uh, the 6'1", 195 running back slash receiver out of Hawaii. I'll tell you what, before I even get into his uh, his tape, Hawaii's offense is fun to watch. Oh, definitely. They're, they're fun to watch. They do, they do kind of a run and shoot offense where it's basically you just quick, quit a lot of quick game. You take shots after you pick up like 10 yards on a run. It's just, you know, the typical NCAA offense that you would run. Like you just right. run, just run, get your receivers and, and playmakers out in space and give them the ball. So with Calvin Turner, a uh, little bit of background on him. 
Uh, he was a former quarterback for Jacksonville University, um, which is a D1AA program. And he, he ran the option offense for them. Uh, I believe he had uh, like 30, like 30 something total touchdowns over like 2,500 yards of offense. Uh, like I said, mainly running the football. So he was a dynamic athlete. Uh, he came in to Jacksonville University as a defensive back, switched to quarterback, and now he got to Hawaii. Now he's a running back slash receiver. First thing you notice with him is he has great long speed. He has I, I pretty much every game that I watched of him, he broke off like a 50, 60-yard catch. He had like four receptions of 60-plus yards uh, in 2020. Um Played running back, like I said, played receiver, played wildcat quarterback, um, also played um, H-back as well. He was kind of a lead blocker sometimes on run plays. So he's a very unique player, uh, used all over the field, really liked his ability to, to get the ball and uh, make defenders miss an open field and turn five-yard gains into 15 to 20 because he's that explosive uh, use uh, kind of in those outside zone type of runs uh, where he can uh, pick a hole, get through it uh, and, and pick up chunk yardage. Use a lot in kind of the motion aspect where they'll bring him in motion, throw a quick screen to him, uh, throw a flat route to him and just let him work. Um, I think, you know, finally, I'm, I'm seeing kind of that type of player where a team actually knows how to use him. You know, it's not like you're just throwing him in one position. You you give him the ball and let him let him go to work. Uh, he had over, I believe he had over 300 yards rushing, uh, 300 yards receiving, uh, and over, I think, around 300 or 400 yards as a kick returner because he's also their main kick returner. He had, uh, he had one kickoff return touchdown against Houston. The bowl game against Houston, by the way, was a phenomenal game for him. He had a 75-yard receiving touchdown, then he had 92-yard kickoff return touchdown. So very explosive player. Uh, actually gave him a third-round grade, uh, which like a mid-third-round grade, because speed is a premium in the NFL. And he it doesn't matter where you put him. You just give, the, give him the ball in the hands and let him go to work. That's what I put in my scouting report uh, that's available on bluechipscouting.com. But a very fun player. Uh, I would suggest watching him, you know, even even though he's outside of most of everyone else's conferences because I think he's he can have that Dwayne Eskridge, I think, type of impact where he kind of just comes out of nowhere, you know, and, and just dazzles us. I think he's going to be an older rookie, though because he's been playing college ball since 2017, uh, which, you know, may be a concern for some teams, but wasn't concerned for uh, which team picked up Dwayne Eskridge. Was it the Vikings? Seahawks. Seahawks. Wasn't yeah, wasn't a factor to them, but. No. Well, Devin, you also got to remember all three of their draft picks were a combined age of 72, because I think Eskridge was 24, Stone Forsyth was 24, and then who else did they pick? I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, that could that could deter some teams. I think he's going to be an older rookie. I don't know his actual birthday. I try to look up to see if that's why maybe people are kind of staying away from him because he's an older prospect. But, yeah, I was I was very impressed. Uh, I think he, think he can be, like I said, uh, kind of one of those Dwayne Eskridge-type players that gets picked third, fourth round, and, and teams are, are happy with what they got. Uh, and he, he's kind of following that path of, like, Randall Cobb. Uh, Lynn Bowden, 
you know, players like that where they play all over the field. Um, and, and fortunately for Lynn Bowden, I, I think he played high school quarterback, which allowed him to be able to play quarterback at, for Kentucky. But that that whole I can't believe they won football games off of that. I'm still I'm still dazzled by that. That that's just ridiculous. I, I don't understand how you can give the ball to someone 50 times a game, know what they're going to do and they still win. I, I have no words for that. But uh, getting back to Turner, very impressive player. Like I said, gave him, gave him a third-round grade. Uh, definitely one of the funnest watches I've had this summer. Yeah, as I t- do a little typing here, um, one guy I was kind of impressed with from this week is uh, Virginia Tech offensive line, Lasita Smith. He's a uh, redshirt junior, uh, 6'3", 320. Wears really well. He's actually, like, he appears to be a bit on the slimmer side, but, like, you can definitely tell he carries a lot in, a, a lot of muscle and has, a, has kind of a more dense lower half. Um, Really good with power at the point of attack. He creates, like, he, like I said, he creates a lot of natural uh, push, you know, with his lower half strength. Um, really good with, uh, really good, uh, you know, on the move, um, kind of, like I said, he, like, as I mentioned, he's a bit of a leaner guy, I, I would say. Um, but so you can, he, he's kind of a bit more mobile, really good at, uh, uh, you know, closing off backside gaps, you know, lateral movement looks fine. Um, w- really nice pop out of a stance. Um, <clears throat> would like to see him a bit more consistent with placement. And uh, uh, maybe a tad bit more aware, but other than that, like I think he's an overall really sound prospect. Um, I, you know, Virginia Tech last year, Christian Darrisaw. I think that with another season, I think Smith could potentially, you know, play himself into maybe a late first round bid. He's he's got a second. I think he has a low second right now. Yes, he's a eighty-one point five out of a hundred, which is a low second round grade for us at our blue chip scale. Um, Overall, like I said, really impressed with him, and I think he has. I think with another good season, he could be definitely like one of the big names we talk about at the interior uh, for this coming season. And uh, to kind of hit a two for one special here, um, I watched uh, NC State offensive line Ekamek Kwanwu. Hope I got that right. <laughs> um, now he, he was interesting because you know he he played some tackle this year and and. It, it, he's, it's clearly not natural for him. Granted, great mover, a lot of a lot of really nice athletic intent, like you know intangibles. You know, really long arms. Um, I, I saw him like multiple times on tape. Um, really, really get, give a you know defensive lineman the business. Uh, you know, just completely wrecking him. At, you know, wrecking him at the point of attack with that length. Um, but you could tell, like he, like I said, he really needs to be on the interior. Uh, timing. You know, as, as an offensive tackle, really is not his strong suit. His kick slides are a bit weird. You, you know, it's 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 not, you know, like I said, very natural for him. But like when I with the game, I watched him playing it, like you know, playing guard. Like I think he looked fantastic. Pulls, crap blocks, fine, no problem. Working up to the second level, completely fine. It's just that I think I I know a lot of people, especially our guy Russ, really likes him, and I totally get why. Like you know, really, really, really good intangibles has amazing ceiling but for me i think he's a bit more raw than people are giving uh than people are saying i think there's a little bit more he needs to clean up you know technique wise before i'm really able to you know say say definitively he's a first round prospect but as with smith like i'm really excited about his trajectory um i think you know 
like I said, there are two guys that with with great seasons. I think they could definitely play themselves and be in first uh, first round locks. So, um, I know I kind of it, it signaled <laughs> this week in the uh, the group chat that uh, that I don't think guards matter. I you know it was our our own Tyler Fornis. Uh, that's yeah. his whole brand basically. Um, but no, like I, I, those two plus you know Tyler Lindebaum and uh, Jarrett Patterson and probably Kenyon Green. I'd I'd feel comfortable taking them early. Because just because they're so they're so good, so yeah, yeah, I feel like this is going to be a, a kind of resurgence of interior offensive linemen uh, in in this particular draft class. There's so many good ones, and you know, I, I think teams are going to look to upgrade. You know, if you have if you're an average, like to below average center or guard, I think teams understand that. While they may not be premium positions on the offensive line, I think you got to be able to upgrade them and, and be, uh, you know, get uh, much better production and, and kind of stop those interior rushes. I mean, they're they're coming. I mean, you, you ultimately teams are trying to find guys that can stop players like Aaron Donald and uh, you know some of the other great interior defensive linemen. Uh, so right. like Grady Jarrett as well, right? Also comes to mind. So. Would not be surprised if we see a lot taken. Also, love the Virginia Tech offensive line propaganda that we spew. Oh yes, uh, because uh, <laughs> it started it started all like I said last year with um, Christian Darrisaw and obviously Mike being big on him. Then I found Brock Hoffman. Been talking about him since last fall. Uh, now Lasita Smith, uh, something that actually somebody that actually uh, Hoffman talked about as, as one of uh, their better interior offensive linemen as mm-hmm. well. So. Uh, love the love, like I said, love the Virginia Tech propaganda. Uh, so I'm, I'm all for it for sure. Also, Devin, a little bit of breaking news here on the pod. Um, apparently, according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, Chandler Jones has requested a trade from the Arizona Cardinals. Who did? Chandler Jones. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. I, we might as well talk about that now. What, yeah. Yeah. In the middle of pod. Uh, right. That's crazy. <laughs> um. Wow, that that significantly uh, kind of that that stuns yep. the Cardinals' defensive line. I mean, well, not defensive line, but uh, outside linebacker room. Well, yeah, because I mean, like outside of him, they have like Marcus Golden, who's kind of injured, but Golden's still solid. Uh, my guy Victor Dimakaji, who they drafted this year, and then I guess if you want to like use Haven Collins that way, you know, kind of put him down on the line as like a three-four guy, but. Um, I'm going to put my Homer cap on right quick, Devin, because um, and say that I, I, I maybe Baltimore should consider this because <laughs> I mean Oway is no, is is no guarantee, like I said earlier, and uh, outside of that, it's just Pernell McPhee and Tyus Bowser, and per- McPhee's always been okay, and I, I don't know what player I'm going to get you're going to get from Tyus Bowser at this point. So, uh, um, Eric DeCosta, if you want to get on that right quick, uh, I'd like that. All right. That's that's my that's my little five seconds of homerism, um, Devin. Yeah, I mean, the Saints don't have any room to add him. Uh, I I don't think he's going to play a traditional defensive end role anyway for the Saints. So right. they're they're out of the. I just hope that he does not go to anybody in my division. I would hate that so much. <laughs> oh, like he goes to oh he goes to Atlanta because they're another team that needs pass rush. Please no. Oh, oh man, think about that! Like, because like Dante Fowler is one of those guys who are just like it's highly inconsistent, and then they have nobody else after that. That makes perfect sense. 
Oh my god, that's your worst. That, that's your Lovecraftian nightmare. They're done. No, the worst nightmare if the Panthers traded for him and got him because then they would have Hassan Reddick, Brian Burns, and him, and Chandler Jones, and Yitor. Oh no! Oh, that's terrible. Oh yeah. god, Jer- no, Jared- definitely, definitely not. Definitely not the Buccaneers. Please, no. Oh no, yeah, no. If they do that, they're nuts. Because I mean, that that would almost I would I would I don't want to say it would invalidate the Tryon pick, but at the same time, it kind of would. Definitely. At that point, um, you're just being an asshole. Yeah, pretty much. But no, I think legitimate people or teams that can get them definitely the Falcons should be at the top of the list, making calls immediately um, because they need pass rush help in the worst way. Um, so I would say they're they're at the top of the list. Um, I was gonna say maybe Pittsburgh, but I I don't think they're they're gonna trade mm-hmm. any capital uh, for mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Also, not good for you. <laughs> yeah, um, Ronnie Stanley coming off a leg injury, and the idea of, of Jones and, and and TJ Watt playing together that's like uh, that's like those weird Madden trades like you make just to make your team like unstoppable. No, no. yeah, yeah, they just got. Um, Melvin Ingram. Ingram. So yeah. I don't I don't think they're gonna be in the market. Trying to think of other teams here on the fly. Um see maybe the the 49ers go after him. Um yeah. and add him. I just don't know what the parameters of how, or how the Cardinals are gonna decide to trade him. I don't I doubt they trade within their division, so it, it may eliminate the 49ers. Um what maybe, the Jets? I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, get him, Carl Lawson. Uh, who else they have? Zabar, uh, Jabari, uh, Zaniga from last year, like Kyle Phillips. Get that like steady rotation. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm brainstorming here on the fly. This literally happened as we were recording. It, this yeah. is easily big news. Um, right. Let's see. Seeing obviously Patriots fans talk about maybe he could come back. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Well, here's an interesting thing. Uh, I looked up his contract on uh, Spot Track. Um, he's he's due 15 million this year, but in 2022 he's a free agent. Hmm. So this is uh, that that I don't know how much I would play in the trade value, but I mean it would, but still. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of an, it's kind of a thing to think about if you're. Uh, you're going to trade for an all pro pass rusher. Yeah. We'll say the, the Falcons and Jets should be calling immediately. I think any team really that looks is looking to compete this year should, should make the call. I mean, maybe the Browns, Adam, uh, pair, pair them up, you know, with Clowney uh, as well as Garrett. Another, I know it wouldn't be good for your division God, at all. You're trying to give me nightmares, Devin. I bring up, listen, I bring up the Falcons possibly traded for me. You're trying to like, give me like, 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 <laughs> nightmares over here man what the heck yeah sorry um but yeah (laughs) but yeah i mean that's that's just what i'm thinking right now so i i would like i said if any playoff team uh is looking to uh upgrade majorly you definitely just take that cap hit and and bring them in do what you got to do but i i would not give up more than maybe a second or third round pick for him uh maybe maybe even a third to be honest because he he is up there in age but his production is really good so yeah we'll see what happens with that right anyway but yeah we can get back to prospects now uh i'll do one more and then you can do however many you want 
more you want to do. Uh, but I do want to talk about uh, a certain Northern Illinois uh, offensive lineman, Marcus Cox. 6'6", 310, uh, has incredibly long arms. Uh, really impressed with this film uh, more than I, I thought I would be. Um, didn't know really, really what I was expecting. Really hadn't seen him talked about much, uh, you know, anywhere hardly. So uh, that was good to kind of have an absolute unbiased uh, you know, approach to it because no one's talking about him right now. But uh, he's listed as a redshirt sophomore. He was last year, and I know that the NCAA kind of extended the year uh, to, you know, the year didn't count last year, essentially. But uh, we'll see what happens with that. But I uh, thought he was, he looked pretty good getting into his kicks, kick slide. You know, I, I thought he, he got out pretty quickly, uh, showed some, some uh, flashes of power. I thought, you know, he was able to use his long arms to not only control defenders, but move them. Uh, I would like to see it be more consistent um, and, and be able to uh, do that on a down-to-down basis. I think sometimes he just gets a stalemate with a player and, you know, he got his job done. But <clears throat> I would like to see him finish a little bit more. I think he has it in his arsenal and he has shown the ability to finish, but he doesn't do it at a consistent level. Um, you know, I, I think his footwork is, is a little sloppy at times. I think. He plays very tall, um, you know, he, he, and he's able to get away with it because of his height. But I think uh, in general, I would like to see his pad level kind of get down a little bit more as well as his hip and knee bend because uh, he, he plays pretty straight up and pretty, pretty tall. Uh, but other than that, I, I thought he looked pretty good. Hand placement need to be a little bit better, too. Can get a little high in the hands and be like up in the neck area of defensive lineman, but like I say, he has long arms that can, can stop him immediately. So he, like I say, he gets away with that as well, but overall I want to see his technique improve uh, his hand placement, be able to bend more into his anchor, but I gave him a, a low fourth round grade. I think that's right about the area he should be because uh, he does have some interesting traits. The long arms are, are going to be uh, a big, big selling point for him because you got to be able to to counter some of those, long arm bull rushes and whatnot. So, but I, I thought he looked pretty good. And like I said, I was pleasantly surprised by his film and uh, his best game was against Vanderbilt. That's his toughest opponent that he's played this far that he actually played in because he was a redshirt freshman in that game. So really impressed. Uh, really want to see how he fares against like Georgia Tech and Michigan this year, uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. Definitely. Definitely. Always got to shout out the big, the uh, big boys at offensive tackle. For sure. Um, Speaking of big fellas, the guy I, I touched on last night in the scouting meeting, uh, Tulsa center Gerard Wheeler. Um, I, and I kind of described him to the group last night as uh, David Moore, except, you know, playing center. Um, but, <clears throat> like, you could definitely tell, though, like, that he's a guard trying to play center. So, because just, you know, his, his snaps are a little wonky, you know, at times it, it doesn't look, you know, as natural for him. I th- so, but anyway, overall, really big guy. Like, I think he's a, he's a listed 6'3", but I've been told he's closer to 6'1". He weighs about 330, 340 pounds. You know, something, you know, he's someone that, that our, our guy Dante would, you know, firmly describe as a square um, or a cube, rather. Uh, regardless of which, um, there isn't really one standout trait with him, Um like I said, other than his size, of course, but he uh, he shows some good power. I mean, I mean, I, it's it's 
you know, for his someone as, as big as he is, you, you'd expect him to be, you know, relatively strong, which he is. It's just the fact that, that his movement skills are, while not like god awful, it's just that he's not someone I would really like trust, you know, you know, leading on a pull or trap, like, like it, it, it like, or it, it, even a pass protection when he has to, you know, seal off the a gap. Um, <clears throat> some of his lateral movements can look a bit stiff. I don't really think he has that, 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 that real quick twitch that one needs to uh, perform well at the position. Um, and I, and one thing uh, I kind of took into account, I grant we don't have, have to have this built into the scale to grade for it, but his length. Um, there were a couple of times I noticed, especially during Oklahoma state where he would go out to block, um, he'd you know, lean over his toes. And even so when the, you know, his opponent would beat him at, at, at the snap, you know, he really doesn't have the, like, the length to kind of make up for it. So he would just get driven back. Like, the, he would just – he would, you know, lean over, open up his pads, and then really couldn't do anything to stop it. So I, I saw him get almost completely pushed back into uh, Spencer Sanders one time. Um, and that, that that happened, like, occasionally out of his film. So I think it's more of a, a length and timing thing with him than I think is actually, you know, pure strength. Because he, he, he appears strong. I'm not – I mean, I'm not going to take that away from him. Um I gave him a draftable grade. He has a seventh. I think he has like an early to mid seventh round grade. Um, purely a depth piece, um, maybe a spot starter. Um, but I don't see a ton of upside in his game. But I just kind of wanted to shout him out here because I think, you know, he is a draftable player. And I think it's worth talking about. And there really isn't that too many guys in my conference, you know, at, into your offensive line that I think have a, you know, a major chance of, you know, being a quality NFL starter. So. I just I'm watching these guys just to be thorough. Anyway, Devin. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we we kind of got the conferences where there's going to be at least a few prospects, uh, if not more, that that get some hype. Uh, you know, obviously sure. from from my prospects, Caleb Ellaby, Carson Strong are kind of the the headliners for sure. For you, uh, obviously, like Ahmad Darner, my Jay Sanders, Esm Ritter, just a, a few. Uh, as well uh, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how you know some of these other guys these kind of depth or you know later round guys kind of fare and, and you know how they look in the season you know I'm, I'm definitely excited to see some of the guys I've I've fought or pour on see how they do this year and actually watching them closely so I'm I'm going to be up, up on Wednesday nights watching action <laughs> right right you know you, you don't have to like being to work or something like like 7 a.m but damn it we'll be up watching football <laughs> Especially like matching games, like it's gonna be like Wednesday, Thursday night, sometimes Tuesday night. It's just random days during the week. So I'm gonna have to actually watch them and then like Mountain West games. I have to stay up late on Saturday nights to watch Hawaii and Nevada. I have to watch a a Hawaii game at like 11 p.m. (laughs) Because like they they play the most obscure times always. It's always come on, man. Like, listen. Man, the the group of five conferences are the, are the gifts that keep on giving all year long, right? They make like, it go, man. They make they it do. go. Because we could, honestly, other than that, we'd be looking forward to what, maybe five games a week, six games, maybe a few primetime games and uh, maybe a few noon or, or late afternoon games. And now yeah. than that, it's just a lot of football in between. But looks like I'm going to be watching a lot of uh, during the week. Like mm-hmm. just watching football all week long, pretty much from right. Sundays, obviously NFL Saturdays with college football, some Friday night games, probably uh, mm-hmm. Wednesday, Thursday, 
Tuesday night game. So I'm, I'm just going to be all over the place. Definitely. I can't like, listen, I, I think Cincinnati plays uh, Notre Dame this year. I think that's one of their games as I'm clicking away, trying to find their schedule. I think they play Notre Dame in a, in a primetime slot this year, and I cannot wait to watch that game because that's going to be pure chaos. Just give me Jack Cohn versus Desmond Ritter. That is going to be interesting for sure. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> On so it's, many it, levels. It's probably going to be both terrible and awesome at the same time. I can't wait for it. I'm I'm a little scared for Cincinnati in the trenches. I'm not going to lie to you. Because I, yeah. I, I, I'm not worried too much about, like, their defensive backs and, and whatnot, not even linebackers. I'm just worried about the trenches because Nora Dame's offensive line is. Well, yeah, I mean, you get, especially you got to figure, too, because, like, my, my Jay's a, like, a really skinny pass rusher, and that's the one the thing that the, the thing I knocked him the most on is, like, is, like, power and strength. So, like, him versus Notre Dame offensive line must be a really interesting test. And they got uh, another guy I wasn't able to watch, but they have a defensive tackle named Curtis Brooks, who's also kind of a really twitchy athlete. I'm kind of, you know, see how he plays against Jarrett Patterson. So, anyway. Yeah, that'll be interesting for sure. Uh, But that's all we got today for the Big Shots NFL Draft podcast. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at RealD underscore Jackson. You can follow Nick on Twitter at PriceCheck3. You can follow Mike on Twitter at MikeH underscore Draft, even though he's not on the podcast today. Uh, you can follow our main account, Blue Chip Scouting, at Blue Chip Scout. Uh, you can follow all our work on BlueChipScouting.com uh, under the scouting department and check out all of our scouting reports. I don't even know how many we're at now. we got to be nearing like 300 pretty soon. Oh, pro- easily. Because uh, <clears throat> we added a few more people to our team, um, you know, that, that will be helping with scouting reports. Uh, so very sad to see how uh, they kind of churn out some reports before we get to the season. Um, you can uh, subscribe to uh, Blue Chip Scouting's YouTube channel. Uh, just type in Blue Chip Scouting and, and just subscribe and, and check out any of the live shows you may have missed uh, on Twitter or any of the other videos we produce from, um, you know, team mock drafts to, uh, you know, reaction to NFL draft picks, et cetera. Um, and, and make sure to leave a review and rating for this podcast, the uh, uh, Big Shots NFL Draft podcast. But that's all we got for this week. Uh, we'll see you guys next week.